Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. Minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 110 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Thursday, March 17th, 2022. Okay, we got a New York Times article out that confirms Hunter Biden's laptop is real. Also, details about Dementia Joe's Supreme Court nominee, the mainstream media doesn't want you to know on today's episode of the Doc Washburn Show. But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Now, I'm running for the Republican nomination for Governor Arkansas. And if you would like to support my campaign to bring freedom and liberty back to Arkansas, to lower taxes in Arkansas, to make sure that Arkansas is a completely pro-life state, to make sure that Arkansas is a completely pro-Second Amendment state, the website to go to is electdocwashburn.com, and you can contribute to my campaign for the Republican nomination for governor right there. All right, now, that having been said, I take you to Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley, United States Senator from Missouri, who has a thread out there on Twitter and dropped last night. He says, I've been researching the record of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. Of course, that is Biden's nominee for U.S. Supreme Court. He says, been reading there, I've been reading her opinions, articles, interviews, and speeches. He says, I've noticed an alarming pattern when it comes to Judge Jackson's treatment of sex offenders especially those preying on children. Judge Jackson has a pattern of letting child porn offenders off the hook for their appalling crimes, both as a judge and as a policymaker. She's been advocating for it since law school. This goes beyond being just soft on crime. I'm concerned that this is a record that endangers our children. And he has a screenshot here from, I guess, what's an opinion of Judge Jackson. Oh, no, it's from a law school journal she wrote in. As far back as her time in law school, Judge Jackson has questioned making convicts register as sex offenders, saying it leads to stigmatization and ostracism. She suggested public policy is driven by a climate of fear, hatred, and revenge against sex offenders. So here he is with a quote from an article that she wrote. 
It says, in the current climate of fear, hatred, and revenge associated with the release of convicted sex criminals, courts must be especially attentive to legislative enactments that use public health and safety rhetoric to justify procedures that are, in essence, punishment and detention. She said judges should abandon the prevention-slash-punishment analyses that rely on legislative intent that routinely apply the Kennedy factors and that assess the excessiveness of a sex offender statute's punitive effects in favor of a more principled approach to characterization. She says, although a precise analytical solution is almost impossible to construct, this note suggests that such a principled approach involves assessing the impact of sex offender statutes and deeming the laws punitive to the extent that they operate to deprive sex criminals of a legal right in a manner that primarily has retributive or general deterrent effects. Well, I think that general deterrence is probably a good idea, but but she clearly doesn't. Senator Josh Hawley continues saying, Judge Jackson has also questioned sending dangerous sex offenders to civil commitment. We have a civil commitment law in Missouri, and it protects children. In other words, they need to be put in jail. He says it gets worse. As a member of the U.S. Sentencing Commission, Judge Jackson advocated for drastic change in how the law treats sex offenders by eliminating the existing mandatory minimum sentence sentences for child porn. Wait, she, she called for that as a member of the U.S. Sentencing Commission? He says Judge Jackson has said that some people who possess child porn, quote, are in this for either the collection or the people who are loners and find status in their participation in the community, unquote. Josh Hawley says, what community would that be? The community of child exploiters? And he has screenshots backing all this stuff up. He says, Judge Jackson has opined there may be a type of, quote, less serious child pornography offender, unquote, whose motivation is not sexual, but, quote, is the challenge or to use the technology, unquote. Josh Hawley says, a less serious child porn offender? Then he says, in her time on the U.S. Sentencing Commission, Judge Jackson said she, quote, mistakenly assumed that child pornography the child pornography offenders are pedophiles, unquote. And she wanted, quote, to understand this category of non-pedophiles who obtain child pornography, unquote. On the federal bench, Judge Katanji Jackson put her troubling views into action in every single child porn case for which we can find records. Judge Jackson deviated from the federal sentencing guidelines in favor of child porn offenders. For instance, in the case of United States versus Hawkins, the sex offender had multiple images of child porn. He was over 18 years old. The sentencing guidelines call for a sentence of up to 10 years. Judge Jackson sentenced the perpetrator to only three months in prison. Three months. In United States versus Stewart, the criminal possessed thousands of images of child porn and also hoped to travel across state lines to abuse a nine-year-old girl. 
The guidelines call for a sentence of anywhere from 97 to 121 months. Judge Jackson sentenced the criminal to only 57 months. The United States versus Cooper, in which the criminal had more than 600 images and videos and posted many on a public blog, the guidelines called for a sentence of anywhere from 151 to 188 months. Judge Jackson settled on 60 months, the lowest possible sentence allowed by law. In in the United States versus Chazen, the offender had 48 files of child porn, which he had accessed over a period of years. The guidelines recommended anywhere from 78 to 97 months. Judge Jackson gave him 28. Now, you, you do know that I'll bet you almost all the Democrats will vote for her for U.S. Supreme Court and probably a couple of Republicans like Mitt Romney and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. Just don't be surprised if this horrible person gets on the U.S. Supreme Court. But Josh Hawley is doing his due diligence. He's trying to warn you. I'm trying to, you know, pass along and warn you also. But don't be surprised if she has approved the U.S. Supreme Court. Josh Hawley continues. The United States versus Downs, the perp posted multiple images to an anonymous instant messaging app, including an image of a child under the age of five. The guidelines recommended anywhere from 70 to 87 months. Judge Jackson gave him the lowest sentence allowed by law, 60 months. In the United States versus Sears, the sex offender distributed more than 102 child porn videos. He also sent lewd pictures of his own 10-year-old daughter. The guidelines recommended 97 to 121 months in prison. Judge Jackson gave him only 71 months. In United States versus Savage, the sex offender was convicted of travel with intent to engage in illicit sexual conduct and also admitted to transporting child porn. The guidelines recommended anywhere from 46 to 57 months. Judge Jackson gave him only 37 Josh Hawley says this is a disturbing record for any judge, but especially one nominated to the highest court in the land. Protecting the most vulnerable shouldn't be up for debate. Sending child predators to jail shouldn't be controversial. So far, the U.S. Sentencing Commission has refused to turn over all Judge Jackson's records from her time there. In light of what we have learned, this stonewalling must end. We must get access to all relevant records. Well, in light of the revelations about Hunter Biden's laptop, in light of what Joe Biden said yesterday, should it be any surprise? Should it be any surprise that uh, 
Biden or whoever's pulling his strings would nominate this person to the U.S. Supreme Court. Did you hear what Dementia Joe said yesterday? About blackmailing people? Check it out. How many times have you heard? I bet everybody knows somebody somewhere along the line. That in a relationship, what happened was the guy takes a million picture of his naked friend or whatever in a compromising position and then obliterate and sends blackmail to or mortify that picture. Send it out, put it online. Now, I don't know anybody that's ever happened to, do you? Joe Biden says, I'll bet everybody here knows somebody. Knows somebody that this has happened to. Has a picture taken of him or her with no clothes on in a compromising position and is blackmailed for it. Joe Biden thinks everybody knows somebody that that has happened to. Well, I'll bet you one thing. I'll bet you Joe knows who it happened to. His son, Hunter. Which is why Donald Trump warned everybody in the fall of 2020, if Dementia Joe gets in the Oval Office, China will own the U.S. Because clearly... Hunter and Joe are being blackmailed by China. And if, if, if you don't understand that, if this is uh, news to you, I don't know what to tell you. New York Times article came out Last night, confirming that the Hunter Biden laptop is the Hunter Biden laptop. Congressman Jim Banks, Republican from Indiana, out there this morning saying James Clapper, John Brennan, every single one of these so-called Intel officials that signed a letter in the fall of 2020, either maliciously lied to protect Joe Biden and interfere with our election or disturbingly incompetent. Well, what did they say? They said the Hunter Biden story is Russian disinformation. Dozens of former Intel officials signed that letter saying that the Hunter Biden story was Russian disinformation. They're all lying. They were all lying. Tom Fitton last night, Judicial Watch, said, Breaking, New York Times report further implicates Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, Ukraine slash Russia slash China scandal under DOJ criminal investigation. But Merrick Garland, so-called attorney general, still refusing to appoint a special counsel. Now, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Now, I'm not going to read to you the New York Times article because I'm not going to subscribe to the New York Times. They say I'm at my limit, but I will tell you 
The New York Post has an article about the New York Times article. And here it is. A comprehensive report about the ongoing federal probe and their hunt into Hunter Biden's tax filings published by the New York Times on Wednesday night confirmed the existence of the first son's infamous laptop. In October 2020, the New York Post exclusively reported on the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop that he ditched at a Delaware computer repair shop in April 2019. The laptop's hard drive contained a trove of emails, text messages, photos, and financial documents between Hunter Biden, his family and business associates, detailing how the president's son... Whoa, 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 whoa. No, we can't call Biden the president. Detailing how the usurper's son used his political leverage in his overseas business dealings. The repair shop owner reported the laptop to the FBI, which seized the device and its hard drive. As part of their investigation into Hunter Biden, the New York Times reports federal prosecutors have looked into emails between Hunter and his former business associates that were recovered from the laptops. I wonder what they're going to do with the photos and videos, huh? Um, yeah, the blackmail photos and videos, huh? Underage, what, did you say underage? New York Post says the report said some of the scrutinized correspondence was between Hunter Biden and Devin Archer, who had served with Hunter on the board of Ukraine energy company Burisma. Devin Archer, who was sentenced last month in an unrelated fraud case, has cooperated completely with the feds in their probe into Hunter Biden, according to the New York Post, according to the New York Times. Emails between Hunter Biden, Archer, and others regarding their international business activity came from files the publication obtained that, quote, appears to have come from a laptop abandoned by Mr. Biden in a Delaware repair shop, unquote. People familiar with the emails and investigation confirmed their authenticity to the New York Times, but not before the election that Joe Biden stole. Anyway, the laptop confirmation was included in the New York Times report that also revealed how Hunter Biden paid off a tax liability of over $1 million a year after he announced he was under investigation for defrauding the IRS. Hunter Biden has been under investigation for failing to pay taxes since his father was vice president. Let's see. When was the last time Joe Biden was vice president? Oh, yeah, he left office January 20th, 2017. But the inquiry broadened in 2018 to look into how Hunter Biden's international business dealings intersected with his father, Dementia Joe's, political career. But I can hear you saying it now. Well, that's just great. That's just great. 
but will anything ever come of it? And I share your concerns. I share your cynicism. I'm right there with you. Okay? Now, now, we take you to the New York Post's op-ed this morning. Entitled now that Joe Biden's president, the Times finally admits Hunter's laptop is real. From the New York Post editorial board, which begins, Forgive the profanity, but you have got to be blanking us. First, the New York Times decides more than a year later that Hunter Biden's business woes are actually worthy of a story. Then, deep in the piece, in passing, it notes that Hunter's laptop is legitimate. And they have the quote from the New York Times. It says, People familiar with the investigation said prosecutors had examined emails between Mr. Biden, Mr. Archer, and others about Burisma and other foreign business activity. Those emails were obtained by the New York Times from a cache of files that appears to have come from a laptop abandoned by Mr. Biden in a Delaware repair shop. The email and others in the cache were authenticated by people familiar with them and with the investigation, unquote. Authenticated. You don't say. You mean when a newspaper actually does reporting on a topic and doesn't just try to whitewash coverage for Joe Biden, it discovers it's actually true? But wait. It doesn't end there. In October 2020, the New York Times cast doubt that there was a meeting between Joe Biden and an official from Burisma, the Ukrainian gas company, for which Hunter was a board member. New York Times wrote, acting as a perfect stenographer, quote, a Biden campaign spokesman said Mr. Biden's official schedules did not show a meeting between the two men, unquote. Yet in the latest report published Wednesday night, the New York Times said the meeting likely did happen. Biden had attended the dinner in question. Funny how this works when you don't just take someone's word for it. In the heat of the presidential race of 2020, the New York Times never missed a chance to cast doubt on the laptop saying the information was, quote, purported, unquote, and quoting a letter from former Democrat officials who claimed with no evidence that it was Russian disinformation. As recently as September 2021, the New York Times called the laptop unsubstantiated in a news story. Well, why was it unsubstantiated? Because of willful ignorance and the New York Times' curious lack of curiosity. Hunter Biden's business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, came forward immediately after. Immediately after the New York Post reports and confirmed that the emails bearing his name were legitimate. The Bidens didn't even deny it was true. They just deflected with the media's help saying it was a dirty trick or not a story. Mostly, the press just ignored it. Now, we're 16 months away from the 2020 election. Joe Biden safely in the White House. The New York Times finally, finally decides to report on the news rather than carry the Biden campaign's water 
and they find that they, oh, wait. And they find that, hey, Hunter Biden's business business interests benefited from Joe Biden's political status to a suspicious degree. Perhaps this is a topic worthy of examination. How did the New York Times authenticate the laptop? It doesn't say. Unlike the New York Post reporting, which detailed exactly how we got the files and where they came from, the New York Times does a hand wave to anonymous sources. No facts have changed since fall 2020. They knew the laptop was real from the start. They just didn't want to say so. There's never any shame with these 180s. Sorry that we wrote a fact check that turned out to be bull. Sorry we wrote a piece claiming something wasn't a story and you were stupid for thinking so. New York Post editorial board here says, Twitter banned us for supposedly publishing hacked materials that weren't hacked. Twitter CEO apologized, but by that point, they had accomplished what they wanted. Like the New York Times, they cast enough doubt to avoid making their preferred candidate look bad. Readers of the New York Times have discovered in March 2022 that Hunter Biden pursued business deals in Europe and Asia and may have leveraged his father's position as vice president to do it. Hunter also may not have properly registered with the government or declared all his income. I'm shocked, shocked, I tell you. All legitimate topics of discussion about a presidential candidate's family, no. Readers of the New York Post have known this since October 2020. We also have a much better sports section. We've authenticated it. Oh! That's the end of the article? I mean, that's the end of the op-ed from the New York Post editorial board this morning? (laughs) Slamming the New York Times saying... We also have a much better sports section. We've authenticated it. That's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. If only that were a tweet, that would make the tweet of the day. Oh, my goodness. That's perfect, guys. That is perfect. All right, now let me just say this. We are so blessed. You know, God closes one door, he opens another. I got fired from my uh, local talk radio job in Little Rock, Arkansas by Cumulus Media because I want to get vaccinated. Four days later, I had investors to help me start doing a podcast. Just a few weeks after that, we had advertisers. We have four advertisers now, and we appreciate them making it possible for me to continue to do this as a job. So let me mention a couple of them real quickly. If you've tried to buy a car recently, car, truck, van, or SUV, you probably realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles for hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. 
You can buy online. They'll drive it to you no matter where you are in the continental United States. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options. It allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options. Clicking that guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online. From the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, RedRiverYourWay.com. Now, if you live in central Arkansas, you can do what I did. Just go to one of their locations. They're in Cabot. They're in Heber Springs. They're in Malvern. They even own a Toyota dealership in Wynn, Arkansas. I got such a great deal. Such a great deal. On a 2013 Honda Accord, only 85,000 miles under 15,000. Boom. I'm done. RedRiverYourWay.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, now. We're all about pushing back against the federal government's unconstitutional overreaches. And their name is Legion. There are too many of them to go into right now. So let me ask you, are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you, from, prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? Now, if you answer yes to these questions, there's a website you need to go to, myfamilyhealthplan.com. When you click on myfamilyhealthplan.com, you find these big, bold letters, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, Personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays, and then that big, beautiful red button, schedule, call now. You click the button, you get a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn, who will make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Also make sure that your personalized health coverage doesn't give you a plan that would force you to cover horrible things like abortion that will violate your deeply held religious beliefs. Kind of like some of those Obamacare plans, you know what I'm saying? Again. The website, myfamilyhealthplan.com, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Hit the big red button, schedule a call now, book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn, who'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at myfamilyhealthplan.com. You will be glad you did. All right, now, now, interesting getting comments here on the Podbean app from people listening live. Somebody said, Hunter's laptop is real, as we knew, but 
nothing will be done. <clears throat> he says, I feel John Durham is stalling. And we're never going to hear anything about the stolen election until it's far too late, if at all. We've been hearing plenty about the stolen election. He says, January 6th, protesters continue to have their rights trampled on. I believe it'll only get worse. We live in the end times. I'm sorry to sound that way, but I can only assess the situation upon what I've seen thus far. Okay, well, here's the deal with Durham. Durham has a long record of being a completely professional an unbiased prosecutor, and he has prosecuted political corruption under Republican and Democrat administrations. I mean, you know, well, what you feel might have more to do with what you ate for breakfast than what's going on. Um, I've looked into John Durham's record, and he is uh, clean as a whistle. But the problem is, since he's not political, he's not looking at political timelines, deadlines. Oh, I got to get this done before the uh, 2020 Trump-Biden election. No, no. The problem here, I think, which is why I find it quizzical when people on social media get really excited when Durham does announce something, which he does from time to time, is I don't. I don't understand how, since Biden's attorney general has oversight over over Durham, I don't understand how Durham's going to be allowed to, you know, prosecute everybody that needs to be prosecuted. You catch my drift? Because his job as special counsel was to investigate the origins of the uh, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. And there was a meeting on January 5th, 2017, in the Oval Office, just 15 days before Trump was inaugurated. And it was Biden and Obama and John Brennan and um, Jim Comey and several other people. They were all in on it. I don't know how Merrick Garland allows... Durham to do anything about that. But anyway, I have no question whatsoever about Durham's uh, credit, his integrity. But that's not the issue here. The issue is when it gets to, because Durham has already said that Hillary Clinton's campaign paid for the lying about Trump and Russia. He's already said that. He's indicted one of Hillary can- Hillary's campaign attorneys. And what I've been told is that Biden hates Hillary anyway, so he doesn't care if she gets in legal trouble. That's fine. So his attorney general would allow that. That's fine. But the problem is that Biden and Obama were in on it too. And I can't imagine a Biden attorney general like Merrick Garland allowing Durham to go forward on that. So, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. I'm not trying to get anybody's hopes up about Durham. All I'm trying to tell you is that he has a clean record of integrity for many, many years. And he has put FBI agents away. 
So we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, that's, you know, that's what I had to say about that. And I, I hope, I mean, Durham was a guy who did a five-year investigation on the FBI up in Boston for framing some people for murder and putting them in federal prison to protect their informant, a guy named Whitey Bulger, who actually was responsible for murders. And Durham brought justice in that case, but it took him five years to do it. Now, the thing he's investigating now is much bigger than the FBI Whitey Bulger conspiracy in Boston, Massachusetts. I guarantee you that. And people keep on saying, well, statute of limitations is run. I guess Durham is deep state after all. No. Statute of limitations cannot run on an ongoing conspiracy. There's no statute of limitations if it's an ongoing conspiracy. So anyway, okay, I gotta I gotta thank you from the from the guy who was concerned about Durham and you know, I'm sorry I didn't mean to sound like a jerk there. Um, but um I hope that helps. You know, Durham's not the guy I'm concerned about. Merrick Garland and his number two, who is probably uh, running the Department of Justice for Biden, Lisa Monaco, those are the people I'd be concerned about. Those are the people I'd be concerned about. I mean, um, I find it remarkable that Durham's been allowed to do what he did. You know, that he's been allowed to get to this point. That's great. That's great. Okay, UK Daily Mail reporting Lindsey Graham called the White House January 6, 2021, said he would use the 25th Amendment to remove Trump and says Biden was the right person to win the election. Well, the 25th Amendment has nothing to do with the United States Senator. That's stupid. It gives the VP and cabinet power to remove the president. Lindsey Graham also reportedly hoped the Capitol riot would be a turning point in Trump's grasp over the Republican Party. He was hoping the Republicans would think we're better than this. The South Carolina lawmaker said of the current president, quote, well, well, no, wait a minute. I'm not going to quote. I'm going to play it for you in case you missed it the other day when I played it for you. Lindsey Graham talking about Dementia Joe here. If you can't admire Joe Biden as a person, then it's probably you got a problem. <laughs> you need to do some self-evaluation because what's not to like? And um, he's the nicest person I think I've ever met in politics. Is that right? He is as good a man as God ever created. Lindsey Graham saying Demetri Joe is as good a man as God ever created. You know what? I'm sure Sean Hannity will continue to have him on his show and we'll not ask him about that. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, don't expect any questions from Sean to Lindsey Graham about how could you have said that about Joe Biden. So, anyway, just thought I would share that with you. All right, a little bit of good news out of Little Rock, Arkansas, where I happen to still be. Because I'm running for governor of Arkansas. This is from our friends over the Family Council, familycouncil.org, Jerry Cox's organization. 
And this just dropped this morning on Wednesday, yesterday. 40 Days for Life and Little Rock reported that a baby was saved from abortion. Tony, the coordinator for 40 Days for Life pro-life prayer vigils in Little Rock, wrote great news. A young couple stopped today after coming out of their appointment at Planned Parenthood. They wanted to know more about getting a free ultrasound. The mom said she prayed this morning for God to give her a sign that he would provide for the needs of this baby. A couple of ladies from Cathedral of St. Andrew out there praying with a free ultrasound sign were used by God to answer this mom's prayer. Pray for this couple as they begin the journey into parenthood. God can use you too. So if you haven't already done so, sign up for your time, sign up for your time on the sidewalk at 40daysforlife.com slash Little Rock. I got to do that. 40 is the, the, the numbers, 40. 40daysforlife.com slash Little Rock. I got to do that. I've been so busy running for governor, I haven't signed up for it this year. I have to do that. Jerry Cox says, something as simple as praying outside an abortion facility can make a huge difference. You can learn more about the 40 Days for Life vigils in Little Rock by going to 40daysforlife.com slash Little Rock. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, and you can learn more about the 40 Days for Life vigils in Rogers, Arkansas. I think they have a new uh, Planned Parenthood abortuary up there by going to 40daysforlife.com slash Rogers. Yeah, I got to do that. I got to do that. So, um... I want to share with you what's going on in a trial in Michigan about the so-called kidnapping plot of the Democrat governor up there, Gretchen Whitmer. Julie Kelly has a play-by-play. She says, Whitmer trial underway, and whoo boy, it's already good. Defense and government arguing before judge about allowable evidence related to FBI entrapment. Texts, photos, and encrypted chats show FBI undercover assets directing confidential human sources to conduct various activities not allowed per the FBI. Judge will allow how an FBI undercover agent who posed as the girlfriend of another FBI undercover agent ingratiated herself with Adam Fox, the main defendant. Defense arguing FBI assets played on Adam Fox's emotions to develop closer relationship. One juror still hasn't showed up. Looks like a fourth FBI asset, this time an undercover agent was sworn in as an officer for a fictional militia group in front of Fox and others. The militia groups only existed in the FBI sting operation. Jury being brought in, judge said he brought in 
St. Patrick's Day muffins for the jury. Julie Kelly says, well, I like him. Judge needs to bring in alternative. Reminding jury, burden of proof is the government's. You know, in other words, government's got to prove the case. Chief Judge Jonker is very grandfatherly and appropriately low-key for this dramatic case. Now talking March Madness, nine Big Ten teams, plenty of other things to watch besides the news. FBI agent Long on cross-examination. Already accusations the government didn't produce under discovery communications between Long and confidential human source Jenny. Prosecutor says he did. Judge will address. Defense asking why investigation was Category 1 domestic terror probe without nuclear or chemical weapons. In other words, why was this, this that big a deal? Agent confirms that a TEI, Terrorism Enterprise Investigation, must be approved by FBI headquarters. So that was the pretext for the Governor Whitmer kidnapping probe. This is mind-blowing. Confidential human source Steve, a convicted felon, operated out of numerous FBI offices, including Norfolk, Virginia, Detroit, Michigan, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Baltimore, Maryland. And that had to be approved by FBI headquarters. So Christopher Ray knew all about it, huh? Confidential human source Jenny sold a handgun to confidential human source Steve, a felon. Confidential human source Jenny was paid $8,000 for six months' work. She was the head of this fictional militia group called the Tennessee 3% Patriot Group. Insane. The first meeting in Dublin, Ohio, of so-called militia members took place June 6, 2020. Rioting in nearby Columbus for George Floyd was going on. Confidential. This is all coming out of the trial this morning. Confidential human source Steve got participants stoned and tried to convince them to go to downtown Columbus where the riots were taking place. They refused. LOL. Confidential human source Steve, not only an informant, tied to several FBI uh, FBI offices, but is head of the Wisconsin chapter of the imaginary 3% Patriot Militia Group. Confidential human source Steve had a kill or shoot house near his home in Cambria, Wisconsin. FBI agent says Steve used it before. Steve and his wife host field training for defendants. Again, Gets the defendant stoned. Back to fireworks purchased by Croft, the government says, was proof he planned to make a bomb. Purchased July 1st, 2020. The fireworks, that is. Text message on August 10th, 2020, between FBI agent and confidential human source Jenny. He instructs Jenny to, quote, keep the group together, unquote. Some wanted to kick out Barry Croft the initial target under FBI investigation since 2019 for saying mean things online. Tells, but uh, the FBI agent tells confidential human source Jenny to remind the group of all Croft's good ideas. He stays in the group. LOL, FBI and confidential human source Jenny communicate via draft email folder on Proton so emails are never sent, just viewed. I'll look at this in my draft 
account. In my draft folder, in other words. FBI agent opened account, gave Jenny access, insane, insane. And then they have the uh, the morning break. Well, this is backfiring big time for the FBI. And let me remind you, in case you forgot, in case you forgot, that the guy in charge of the FBI Detroit field office who manufactured this sting, trying to get some guys to uh, get interested in kidnapping the governor of Michigan, which was all publicized right before the election, after early voting had started in Michigan. Same guy in charge of that FBI Detroit field office was a few weeks later promoted to being in charge of the Washington, D.C. FBI field office just in time for the the next FBI sting, which was January 6th. Know what I'm saying? All right. Now, Representative Louis Gohmert, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Representative Andy Biggs are holding a press conference live demanding justice for Matt Perna. Matt Perna was a January 6th defendant who had done nothing wrong, and they're going to try to put him away for years, and he finally committed suicide. They're demanding justice for Matt Perna from Biden's DOJ. And I'm going to see if we can just dip into this and see what Louis Gohmert, one of the best members of Congress in history, is saying. Let's check it out. This, this Justice Department is being vengeful, being mean-spirited. And that's when a republic gets into very, very dangerous territory. So we needed to highlight these things. Okay, the problem is it's raining so hard you can hardly hear him. That's that's uh, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. But we did hear him saying that Biden's Justice Department is being vengeful. There's question. There's no question about it. That's a. There's no question about it. Okay, so uh, I just wanted to share that with you. There, there's a lot. There's a whole lot I'm trying to get in here. Um, you know, we talked earlier on the show. Talked earlier on the show about the disturbing history that Biden's nominee for U.S. Supreme Court has when it comes to dealing with uh, child porn cases. In light of that, new story out of Florida, Disney employees arrested in child trafficking sting days after Disney opposed Florida's anti-grooming law. The law that says you can't bring up sex in a classroom from pre-K through third grade. One employee sent uh, photos in the all together to a minor. And they've got the uh, the link to the article um, from WESH Channel 2 down there in Florida. Disney employees among the 108 arrested in Polk County 
prostitution, human trafficking sting. Polk County Sheriff said more than 100 people were arrested in the prostitution, human trafficking, and child predator sting. Polk County detectives, along with a few other agencies, said they identified what they call sex workers who posted advertisements online. They also identified the people searching the web for them. Sheriff Grady Judd said the 108 people arrested included a retired judge from Illinois, a few restaurant managers, and several who worked at Disney. So, um, one of the suspects is 27-year-old Javier Jackson from Kissimmee, Florida. Senator, uh, pardon me, Sheriff Grady Judd, Polk County, Florida, said he's accused of sending sexual pictures to what he thought was a 14-year-old girl. Sheriff Judd said, did I mention that he just happens to be a lifeguard at the Polynesian Report for Disney? You think there's a few children around there? That's right. I didn't stutter. He was a lifeguard at the Polynesian Resort at Disney, and he was bragging about that. WESH, Channel 2 News, Florida, said they reached out to Disney officials who confirmed three of the four suspects mentioned by the sheriff worked for the company. Along with Jackson, the sheriff says 24-year-old Relaxon Fidel works at Cosmic Ray's Starlight Cafe in Tomorrowland, and 45-year-old Ralph Lees is employed by the company in their IT department. A Disney representative tells WESH, Two news, all three of them have been placed on unpaid leave. So that's the same Disney that doesn't like the anti-grooming bill that Governor Ron DeSantis, the best governor in the, in the, in the, in the country, just signed into law. How about that? How about that? And nobody's talking about the unsavory images of Hunter Biden with what appears to be underage female on his laptop. Just so you know, but John Levine over at New York Post says, the conspiracy to suppress this information by mainstream media, big tech companies, and the Democrat Party is the single greatest act of disinformation ever perpetrated in the social media era. Just so you know. Just so you know. All right, that having been said. Once again. Once again. We're so thankful for our advertisers. So thankful that they make it possible for us to do what we do. Let me mention... The views and opinions expressed in the Doc Washer show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. All right, let me say a, a word from my buddy Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton, Benton, Arkansas. Justin is a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations, and he has really helped me out in three automobile accidents that I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. 
The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who have been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton, make sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. So whether you're in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or your loved one is suffering for the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. All right, I want to help you out with something. You got migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, eczema, Problems with your blood sugar? Okay. This could help you. This could change your life. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Do you lean to the left or to the right? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I get rid of my migraines and neck pain. Listen to me. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs two ounces. So it's really easy for that atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, uh, your digestive system, your reproductive system, even your circulatory system for that matter. And yes, it can cause migraines and neck pain, and back pain, and eczema, and problems through your blood sugar, vertigo even. Do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center at 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted or go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. Okay. Having said that, having said that, yeah, you never know when she's going to come home for lunch. Okay, fantastic. Now, Marjorie Taylor Green, this wonderful, wonderful woman, Marjorie Taylor Green. She is. Oh no, I don't want to play that again. I already played that, didn't I? No, I haven't played that yet. We'll get to it in a minute. Marjorie Taylor Green is a freshman United States Congresswoman from Northwest Georgia. She's one of those people that um, got elected even though even though President Trump endorsed her opponent. She made the case quite conventionally. She's running for office. Look, um, I don't know where President Trump endorsed my opponent because I'm the America First candidate. He made a mistake. I'm the candidate who actually supports President Trump's policies, not my opponent. I'm in a similar situation. President Trump has endorsed my opponent, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, even though she buddies around with uh, Mike Pence. She fundraised with Mike Pence in Indiana a few months ago even though she endorsed French Hill, who says horrible things about Trump, even though she endorsed 
John Bozeman, who says horrible things about President Trump and probably got Trump to endorse Bozeman because Trump didn't know what Bozeman said about him. So anyway, anyway, let me see. Having said that, I just put for deposit only on the back of this. Assign my name. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to sign my name on this check. So Marjorie Taylor Greene was elected to U.S. House, even though President Trump endorsed her opponent. I'm confident that I'll be elected governor of Arkansas, even though President Trump endorsed my opponent. Because I'm the one who's actually supporting him. Not, not She's not supporting him. She's stabbing him in the back. Anyway, I want you to hear Marjorie Taylor Greene's full address on the war in Ukraine and the need for Washington to focus on the interests of the American people because the same people who sold us a bill of goods about 15 days to slow the spread and who still want you to wear masks are now are now trying to get us in World War III. Mitt Romney's not going to send any of his kids or grandkids to fight, but he sure wants yours to go. Got it? Here is the great Marjorie Taylor Greene. I hope you'll listen to this with me. And, and I may interject some comments as we go along. This morning, President Zelensky addressed the United States Congress, asking us to defend his country against Vladimir Putin. Turn on the television, no matter which network or news program you tune into, you will hear the same ominous sound in the background, the drumbeat of war. We're told that we have an urgent moral responsibility to send money and munitions to a country 6,000 miles away, a country that just coincidentally Joe Biden has business interest in, as do many other people. When we invaded Iraq on the pretext of looking for weapons of mass destruction, over 4,500 civilians were killed in just the first few days. We became embroiled in nearly 20 years of pointless war. It's time for a more level-headed approach to foreign engagements from America's elites. And time we loosen the military-industrial complex's stranglehold on our politicians and our policymaking. There is no doubt that Putin's actions in Ukraine are despicable and evil. We weep when we see images of men, women, and children wounded or killed. We regret any human suffering, and we mourn any loss of human life. Yes, we do, but the mainstream media is going to say she's an apologist for Putin, no matter how much she condemns him. I'm just letting you know. Follow the money. Follow the money. Here's more from Marjorie Taylor Greene, U.S. Representative from Georgia. But we cannot and we must not allow our compassion to blind us to reason and common sense. Because this won't be like any entanglement America has ever entered into before. A potential war with Russia is not comparable to Iraq or Afghanistan. This is an eight-year-long smoldering conflict in which peace agreements have been routinely violated by both sides. It concerns a country in which Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and Mitt Romney have direct financial interest. A country which government only exists because of the Obama State Department helped to overthrow the previous regime. I see you're not supposed to say things like that. She is infuriating 
a lot of people on Capitol Hill for telling the truth. But I go back, I go back, I go back, I go back to the verse out of Galatians, the Apostle Paul's letter to the church of Galatia. Have I now become your enemy for speaking the truth? In all too many cases, the answer to that is yes. God bless this woman. Here's more. The ugly truth is that America is in no shape to throw herself into another foreign conflict. Under Joe Biden, America's economy is weak and dependent on foreign nations for goods and even for energy. And the more we involve ourselves in this foreign mess, the more we force our enemies and frenemies together, playing right into China's hands. Every move the Biden administration has made has hurt Americans and helped Putin. Our former allies are looking at us and wondering if we've gone mad. Just this week, Saudi Arabia, whose leaders won't even take a call from Joe Biden, indicated that they may be open to selling petrochemicals to the Chinese in their currency instead of U.S. dollars. It is impossible to overstate the consequences to America if the dollar loses its position as the preeminent international medium of exchange. Two competing global currencies will devastate our economy. We will have no power to prevent the worldwide famines that will surely follow sanctions that prevent Russia from exporting fertilizer, grains, and energy. If the- Wait a minute. Do you realize where most of the world's fertilizer comes from? Russia. And Biden wants that to stop coming to us. How's that going to affect our farms? I'm just saying. She's speaking the truth and people don't want to hear it. Especially people in Washington. The petrodollar is eliminated as a result of Biden's incompetence. Life as we know it in America will be over forever. The dollar will collapse. We will no longer control the undisputed world currency. Our economy will surely collapse thereafter under the massive debt administration after administration have so irresponsibly created. When my constituents from Georgia call into my office here in Washington, D.C., there is only one thing on their minds. Hardworking Americans living paycheck to paycheck don't care about foreign wars or foreign borders. They care about gas prices back home. They care about runaway inflation and the fact that a used car or truck costs 40% more today than it did last year. When President Zelensky asked America to enforce a no-fly zone above Ukraine, we should be clear and honest about what that means. He is asking America to shoot down Russian planes. It means war. It means more dead Americans and more billions of dollars spent on another foreign entanglement that the American people do not want and which we cannot afford. It means Vladimir Putin backed into a corner, his finger hovering over the nuclear button. It means World War III. And what is the White House doing as the world slides dangerously close to devastating world war? paying off TikTok influencers to lie for them, more concerned with favorable headlines from the Washington Post and the New York Times than avoiding world war, more concerned with social media likes than protecting American jobs and families. I will not vote to spend hard-earned American tax dollars in foreign nations when people are hurting back home. 
when my constituents are telling me that they want reassurance on gas prices, inflation, and our own southern border. The plain truth is that Ukraine cannot join NATO, and we can only defend NATO nations. We win when America is strong, and so does the rest of the world. Did you hear what Kamala Harris said over the weekend? That helping to defend Ukraine is helping to defend NATO? The, the, the woman who calls herself vice president actually thinks that Ukraine is part of NATO. We're in a bad way, y'all. Anyway, this is just one of the best speeches I've ever heard in my life. Here's more from United States Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene out of Georgia. We win when we put America first and globalism last. President Biden may be barking and waving a stick, but no one is afraid. Our enemies know that he lacks both the will and the ability to see through his saber rattling. Biden's sanctions aren't working. They're just pushing Russia even closer to China. Russia has made $117.5 billion oil and gas deal with President Xi. Intelligent observers know that sanctions almost never work in, in the real world. They didn't work in Cuba, North Korea, or Iran. They're not working now. Instead, sanctions act merely as a precursor to war, a sign of battle lines being drawn. If we truly care about suffering and death on our television screens, we cannot fund more of it by sending money and weaponry to Ukraine to fight a war they cannot possibly win. The only effect of more arms and more money from America will be to prolong the war and magnify human suffering. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be responsible for creating even more refugees and orphans in an already traumatized and dysfunctional world. Under the Biden regime, America can't even get a grip on the illegal invasion at our own southern border. Biden's omnibus bill contains $14 billion for Ukraine, but not a dollar for our own border, across which deadly Chinese fentanyl pours every single day. Yet America's citizens are being expected to fund and arm troops resisting an invasion halfway across the world. This is madness. It cannot be allowed. The truth is that under Biden, America is no longer in charge on the world stage. Our friends and enemies alike see this once great nation led by a weak, dementia-ridden fossil in the White House. They know, just as we know, that his failures have led us directly to this point. He's a dementia-riddled fossil in the White House. Who in Republican leadership is willing to say that? Mitch McConnell? Nope. Kevin McCarthy? Nope. She should be Republican leadership. Here's more. Joe Biden's weakness and his string of unforced errors paved the way for Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Now his dangerous negligence and Hunter's shady business dealings risk dragging America into World War III. We cannot allow it. Cooler heads must prevail. Joe Biden created the conditions for Putin's invasion into Ukraine when he lifted the sanctions on Nord Stream a year ago. 
So we began this process from a position of weakness. We can end it in strength, but not by providing guns or cash. We can end in strength by providing a negotiating table. We have to show our allies that we have the ability, the wherewithal, to be able to negotiate something like this. Our nation can start to repair its tattered international reputation and protect its own citizens by bringing Presidents Zelensky and Putin to the negotiating table and fulfilling America's promise as an arbiter of peace. It's not our responsibility to give President Zelensky and the Ukrainian people false hope about a war they cannot win. But given the Obama State Department and the Biden administration's interference in Ukraine over the years, we do now have a duty to help peacefully resolve the conflict by brokering peace talks and a successful, peaceful resolution. We can do all this without sending a dime and without shipping bombs to further inflame a war whose outcome already seems certain. We can do it without risking the dollar and therefore risking our economy, our jobs, and our homes. We must do it, I believe, as Christians to prevent any more human suffering and death. Wow. I got to tell you. You know, somebody uh, somebody went on my Facebook page recently and said, "We don't need any more politicians. We need a we need a state. We need statesmen." Well, you just heard from a statesman there. I don't know, a stateswoman a word? I don't know. But whichever it is, that's what you just heard from. And God bless her. God bless her. That was perfect. That was perfect. Yeah, let me let me read you. Let me read you the comment. So I posted this little uh, meme of a, of a kid looking skeptically at an adult. And it says, voters reaction when Sarah Huckabee Sanders said, Asa did a great job as governor. And, of course, it links to electdocwashburn.com. I said, no more rhinos, no more third term for Huckabee or Hutchinson. And so a guy that I used to work with said, Doc, one of my mentors once taught me that the difference between a politician and a statesman is that the statesman refrains from mudslinging and respects his opposition even when he disagrees with them. We've got plenty of politicians. We could use a few statesmen. And I responded, when Governor Hutchinson did his COVID-19 town hall at Siloam Springs, he found out hospitals are refusing to give therapeutics to COVID sufferers. He didn't do a thing about it. I have no idea if you would classify him as a statesman or a politician, but I am different. I'll do something about it. All right. Now. Just a reminder. Just a reminder. Just a reminder. Yeah, let me go ahead. Let, let me. Can I go ahead and, 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 and play that? Mark Stein. Mark Stein was my favorite fill-in for Rush Limbaugh. And now he's got his own show, his own video podcast. And you know, I told you about all that Pfizer stuff that uh, 
a federal judge ordered to be released recently and the damning evidence in there of the horrible side effects. Here's Mark Stein talking about it. 55,000 documents hopped up in regards to the price of vaccine. No shame if you haven't. There's been pretty much a media blackout on them. You could try Google. I did just now. I can't come up with anything. Because oddly enough, the social media commissars seem to be suppressing search results as, quote, disinformation. Even though the information is from Pfizer and it's about Pfizer's own product. Uh, Pfizer didn't want to release it, of course. They wanted to keep those documents sealed for three quarters of a century. An American judge ordered them released, at which point the U.S. regulator, the Food and Drug Administration, offered to stagger the release. Uh, 500 a month, uh, 500 documents a month for the next decade or so, by which time we'll all be on our 157th booster shot or dead. Anyway... His honor didn't go for that, and so in a rare display of justice from an American courtroom, the 55,000 documents are now public, and including an eight-page session on various adverse effects from the vaccine, uh, which range from a bad dose of chillblains to sudden death. Uh, meanwhile, Pfizer continues to push its vaccine. Yes, it does. Uh, the UK Express, Pfizer vaccine, new documents uncover a shocking 158,000 adverse events. How about that? Website called covidvaccineinjuries.com. Pietra Procopio, 12-year-old girl from Brazil, dies in her sleep shortly after getting the vaccine. Richard Jefferson Bustamante Bautista, 8-year-old boy with Stevens-Johnson syndrome after Pfizer COVID vaccine. Horrific, horrific reaction. Um, Kevin Street, functional neurological disorder and brain lesions following one dose of AstraZeneca. Ariano Guarino developed significant neurological side effects following COVID vaccine. A 15-year-old boy from New York collapsed while at a youth soccer camp, died while playing soccer four days after his second dose of Pfizer. Fernando Enrique Oliveira de Carvalho, 17-year-old from Brazil, now blind in left eye after Pfizer vaccine. 37-year-old pro-vaccine St. Louis County leader Cora Faith Walker, former Missouri State Representative, suddenly dies. It goes on and on and on. Thaislene Gonçalves de Souza Tavares, Brazil, 13-year-old with convulsions two days after the coronavirus vaccine. COVIDvaccineinjuries.com. It is replete with all of these things. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't want anybody to ever be able to say, Doc, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you warn us? I'm saying we didn't know. You should have told us. Oh, on the Hunter Biden revelations. Here's Dementia Joe 
I think this is when he was still running for uh, president. And somebody says this is damning. Check it out. So what about the Americans who really today only want me to ask you about Hunter Biden's laptop? Oh, you know what? I got to open it up. I got to open a different place because it's going to refresh if I don't. And I hate it when it refreshes in the middle of it. Okay. Try it again. Start it again. So what about the Americans who really today only want me to ask you about Hunter Biden's laptop? How are you going to get them to see that you are fighting for them when they're so By the way, against you? It's, it's, there's nothing to any of that. Nothing to any of that. It's all a smear. Every major outfit, every serious investigator has pointed out that this is a smear. This is classic Trump. We have four days left, and all of a sudden, there's a laptop. And you, you may recall, there's also talk about six, four months before, there was a similar thing that somebody had, allegedly. There's overwhelming evidence that from the intelligence community that the Russians are engaged. I mean, look, this is my son's an honorable man, and all the investigations that were done around the issue of what was going on in Ukraine, if you notice, every one of the major people who worked for Trump, during the impeachment, went under oath, and under oath said Biden did his job. No law was broke. Biden, this Biden, did his job. Hunter Biden broke no laws. That was the testimony, their testimony from Republicans and intelligence community people. So I think that it's, uh, you know, I, I just think, look, politics has become too crass, too dirty, too ugly, and the, and the perpetrator of an awful lot of this has been, he didn't start at all, but... He has taken to a new level, this president. One question? Okay, sure. Okay, so that was when he was running for president. Lied through his teeth, which is what he's always done. Which is what he has always, always done. But, I mean, I, I hear people getting upset with Biden voters a lot. Because look, uh, look what you put on us. Look what you foisted upon us. Uh, they really didn't. There weren't nearly enough Biden voters. They stole it, right? I mean, you heard what he bragged about when he was still running, right? Remember? We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. He wasn't kidding, was he? Now, I've got a tweet here from a guy named Ryan Staley. Talking about the family farm they have. Fertilizers, fertilizer prices uh, last year three hundred thousand. This year eight hundred thousand. Gas prices in the fall twenty one thousand a month. He said, "Start preparing now." Don't say I didn't warn you. Please don't ever say I didn't warn you. All right, now all that having been said, it's about time for just a little bit of levity. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Don Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by Red River Your Way, the big old car dealership right in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice, the way you want to, online, have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States of America. Today's Tweet of the Day, our old buddy Juanita Broderick. Out there on Twitter last night saying, it's really going to suck if we have to start hunting for our own food. She says, I don't even know where tacos live. Hello. Thank you, Juanita. 
Food of the Day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. All right. You've been listening to Episode 110 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempier the 10th. And that's the way it is. Thursday, March 17th, 2022.